five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Home podcast, your premier podcast covering both the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually, as always, by the trusty, reliable, here most of the time, if not always, Omni at Omni Strife. Welcome, Omni. Yeah, I, I had that streak before, but I think I'm getting better, getting better to reclaiming my, my reliability mark, you know? No, I mean, you were right. We're right. You had a, a phenomenal streak. And then uh, I think your son got sick and yeah, all sorts of know, other things. Like and, things that are not important. I'm like, yeah, it's uh, compared to, to this podcast, which is my life, obviously. And, oh, yeah, it should be. Family is only second and, and work is probably, you know, fourth or fifth and all mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. health is right below that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that, seem, that seems like you get your priorities all, all oh, squared sure, away. Sure. But uh, speaking of getting the priorities squared away, you'll notice Jordan, that's Sir Dr. Jen, the host of the One Man Watchpoint podcast, is not here. He chose family over family. We're family, at, right? I think at that point, he, he should be done with this podcast. He is? Yeah, it's that's unacceptable. it. Unacceptable. Yeah. Maybe Sam will come back in his place. Don't even think choose Sam's family. Come like, come on, you chose to be on this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. You don't you don't choose family. You chose to be here. Uh, but yeah, no, I referenced Sam coming back. He's not coming back. But <laughs> no. uh, for whatever reason or another, in uh, RSP Discord, he just suddenly started Lurking. replying to messages that I had shared like a month ago. He's like the, like the the ghost of Christmas past or something like just. Uh, Easter's past, being a month ago, yeah. It, it's so surreal. He just drops in, says a few words, um, comments on the basketball uh, postseason, and then yeah. pieces out for a while. I think he misses us is all. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I, before we get into the regular show, I actually wanted to loop back to something that I realized at the end of the last one, and that is the RSP website is all borked. I figured out the problem why. So... I have absolutely no, you know, web design skills whatsoever. I mean, I could whip together a basic, basic, basic HTML website that might work, but uh, I relied on a tool uh, that someone had developed. It was just a an HTML5 generator uh, with CSS. Great, whipped together a basic layout, worked, and see what I did not realize was that the CSS file that was being referenced was not in the package that I had downloaded. It is actually something that was hosted externally in a third-party website. Mm -hmm. The person who created this sort of tool has, for one reason or another, taken that site down, and a CSS file has gone with it. So, yeah, our website's broken. All right, you setporn.com works. You go there. It don't look good. So if you know of someone who uh, would be happy to donate their time and skills to just whip together a nice little basic boilerplate site, RSP would be greatly appreciated. I, I'd suggest we would pay for it. The problem is the podcast makes no money. So I get it. It's like this trade-off. I mean, are people still going to a website these days? It's like... Live, I don't know. Live on like social media platforms, Reddit and things like that, and and consuming podcasts. You get them on 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever that's called. Hey, I I don't know. I just know that, you know, every, you know, get your podcast started website and how to improve your, you know, retention says, do you have a website? Yeah, I know. I know. Anyhow, speaking of shilling, uh, the Overwatch League was all weekend long. In fact, we now know um, what's going to happen, at least in the West. Uh, The East remains wacky. And uh, yeah, both the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans won a match, lost a match. However, as you're going to hear from us, the wins and the losses are not equal. So without further ado, let's start uh, pushing this payload. Moving the payload. Join me. So the Toronto Defiant kicked things off last weekend. Uh, they had a couple of matches, which if you our last episode, we had said were must win. They needed to go and set the tone. They needed to be both the London Spitfire and the Vegas Eternal. And they were able to accomplish one of those tasks. I don't know if losing either one is good, but the ways to which they lost to the London Spitfire almost feels worse. And I was trying to, you know, reason with myself, like, wouldn't it have been worse to have lost to the Eternal and be the, the team that they finally notched that dub against? Yet, I think the Spitfire are a good indication of a team that's not on the inside. And you struggle with that while struggling with the teams above, it's not a good place to be. At least if you were to have lost to the eternal, you could say, yeah, you know what? Just a bad day. And maybe that's what this was, but you know, looking back at that match, um, it was as close as being a three, two, or even a defiant win as it was to being a three Oh spitfire sweep. Yeah, I, first of all, I don't. I'm not sure if I agree with you on that. Like losing to Paris is <laughs> well, again, it, acceptable. Lo- losing either way isn't good. But to me, it goes beyond the results. Even like when watching, watching Toronto play, watching them executing, or better, you know, the phrase of trying to execute plays, and then watching their faces also on face cam, like they're not in a good oh. spot. Um, even against um, Paris, uh, we'll get to the game. I'm going to talk about it more thoroughly. Something is re- definitely wrong. Like London going into this was the record was six and one. The only team they beat is the Paris. Uh, well, Paris, or one and six. Vegas. Okay, let's stop mm. with the Paris. <laughs> it was Vegas Eternal, and you'd think, okay, this is the team that everybody just like beats and and. The only time they do get a point, a map point, is on King of the Hill, and and we went into Ilios, and you know it looked good, and and Toronto wins this King of the Hill map, mm-hmm. and you think, okay, here we go, that that's something you want to see. Yeah, well, and then get into King's Row where they are on attack first. Yeah, and it feels like hey, they look they good. got they got through the 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 challenge, the King of the Hill, the control. Yeah, 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 and 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 they started stomping like rolling. Uh, downhill almost in, with that attack, and they had like what five and a half minutes uh, when they capped. Yeah, I think it was like five and a half on the sure. on the onto into escort, and the payload I think stopped once. Um, London was able to sort of right. recover near the that 
that into the inside checkpoint. The refinery, yeah. When, when yeah. they go into the refinery, we see that often, not just like with, with the, within this season, like teams usually get a stop there, but they got one more stop, another stop, and another stop. And Landon, I, I want to you know point them out, Landon and Admiral, they played really well on Kiriko and, and Lucio. They, they, they were able to find picks consistently. There were moments there where, where Kaluj was just like, getting melted again and again, and then they clutched it out. Toronto, they got to the third point, but no time. we'll see no time left at all. And you think, okay, this is fine. This is not the end of the world. They looked good all in all, like throughout you know the majority of the map, and then it was competitive. Um, and on defense, <laughs> so the, interesting, you, interesting strats for sure. Well, in fairness... You, you look at how London rolled out, Toronto expected dive. Like, they, they, they expected a dive, not a Ryan Rush or whatever the hell you call the, the comp. The that, sim teleporter thing? Yeah, that, that London brings out. But what's interesting is here we are saying Toronto took it with five and a half. London took it with 550. Like, yeah, the fight was... Quicker. Yeah, the fight was over. Where, like And it was like no one had reacted. They had come through the... The initial choke through the door and TP'd up to high ground to get their first pick. And then by then, Kaluja's is up and then Kaluja's is dead. And it's, well, you know, let's try to uh, reset. No, 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 no. Let's not try to reset. Let's go and stagger ourselves so poorly that next thing you know, you've got uh, Chatty hanging out, spawn camping while. <laughs> the payload is pushing through the first half of the uh that you know escort phase like it was it was unbelievable and they could got on the tracer too it was insane <laughs> oh well i mean that's that's the type okay first of all hacks like the the timing of the fire strike down the stairwell right and he just threw it like there's no like i know there's going to be some, it, it's just the throw it away i might get some percentage out of it hey R- ryan pros no Okay, I am a Rhine pro, and trust me. You're a Junkrat pro. You're not a Rhine pro. Let's get that straight. <laughs> okay, if if I was Junkrat, I would have been, like, you know, lobbing that, like, sure. into their spawn and getting the pick there. You'd be as synonymous with that hero as Jake is, so. You <laughs> just like playing Rhine more. It doesn't mean that you're better at him than with, with yeah. Junkrat. But to Toronto's credit, they finally stabilized, mm-hmm. like, within you know, meters, if that, of right. of that second point, and forced Hottie to get off of the Rhine. And he goes Winston. And, and go Winston, which, again, this is where you would think Toronto, okay, hey, we, yeah, didn't look good. But now, now we've got them into our game. Yeah. Problem was, uh, London seemed to figure out how to play the dive at least against toronto yeah like they dropped Kaluge so many times they booped him off the map they melted him they did whatever they wanted and and unfortunately they got to third but way way quicker um well, it was like two and a half minutes i think 240 yeah something like that and and like you you raised <sighs> the point it was from that moment on the strategy was delete Kaluge the cards will fall. Um, I don't know what OG or ultraviolet could have done differently to, to support Kaluj. Like it was very clear. Um, delete the tank. Whereas 
what have we seen most of the successful teams do? Delete the support. Yes. And in this particular case, while this is happening, Sam and Speedily are are then left to sort of quote unquote DPS tank, which unfortunately for them, uh, you know, Backbone and Sparker were more than up to task to make sure there wasn't any any joy received there. And as you pointed out, like Admiral, I actually thought specifically played very very well. Yeah, I, I'm I I'm, I'm going to go and say it. Every week, it seems like I'm I'm bringing it up. It all comes down to supports, in my opinion, uh, personally on on Overwatch Two, and I'm I'm sorry, but at this point, somebody needs to say it. I'm not really liking what I see from OG and Ultraviolet specifically. They like, this going into the season was the, you know the most solid backline in the Western Hemisphere, uh, and it's not looking so sharp. Uh, it's not looking so sharp against better teams. It's not looking so sharp against uh, worse teams on paper. I don't know what where where Toronto really stands right now, but they they can't they can't perform to what we at least expect them to be. Do you think Sir Majid changes things? From what I understand, he has obtained a visa and is in Toronto. Maybe at this point, you know. These guys, they were diffing everyone for for longest of times. You'd expect that you will not even need to like rely on a third support, kind of like other teams do. I, I mean, sure, yeah, maybe, maybe looking now at the season and how they performed for sure that might have been helpful. But man, he, that wasn't the plan um, uh-huh. from, from the get go. So I, I don't know if it's like a blessing or a curse at this point. Um, Something is not clicking. It's mental probably <laughs> more than anything, but what do you do? Yeah. The, you know, Havana is where if you were curious, like, well, Omni had mentioned, look at their faces. Yeah. They were, they were tilted after Havana. If they weren't tilted, they were starting to check out like Kaluj just pushed back, stood up, walked away. Um, it, 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 and again, like Havana was an, another one of these maps where, the funky map yeah and we've actually been seeing more and more of it where <sighs> previously it was always allowed to the choke take the high ground yes. and make it punish them trying to come through now it's you punish them out of spawn and uh, again london's like yeah we'll just go with ryan i mean ryan's a brawler yeah. i get that but even when toronto finally deletes hottie from the field of play london is able to stall long enough that hottie comes in and I want to say he comes in with a pin, and I think he eventually de- takes Kaluja out of the picture. Oh, let's roll her again. And it took Toronto, I think it was less than a minute before they finally got the payload moving. Yeah, they couldn't get out. And, you know, playing with such a diminished time bank is always a bad idea. And you said we saw it on the face cams, and that's true. <laughs> and And something I also sometimes bring up is you see the the in-game sort of body language or 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 mental whatever you want to call it. there was more step in the step of of london the mm-hmm. plays they were doing were a little bit more confident cheeky while toronto felt like not ready to 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 you know compete on that level and it, it was weird maybe maybe it's a thing with with 
London getting into their head, like in a way that oh, we beat them at their their the, the, the only t- map type that they're good at. So it's going to be a stroll uh, going forward, and with King's Row, you know, going down as it as it did. And well, yeah, going it, it is. We're going to get to the Vancouver Titans a little bit later, but you yep. had a very similar you know, map in Hollywood that the Titans were able to, you know, turn the tables on the exact arguably this is what London did to Toronto on King's row. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Man, that, that last play with backbone, just going there and putting up that wall. This is like this, this, this on on the stairs. This is the, the, you know, the, the literal mental block that Toronto is facing right now, that wall. Yeah, and that I mean, he actually there was there were two walls we saw. There was the first wall that uh, on when London was on their attack, getting to the point where he he actually walled Toronto in the high ground, and then Toronto had to come and play from the behind, which was no good. And then the wall you're referencing is they've now gotten themselves through into the um, refinery and and uh, or the brewery, whatever it is, and uh, here he is. Playing spawn camping May throws the wall up and it's like, well, yeah, we'll just watch this payload and we go again and map four. Um, so we we do get ourselves into uh, Coliseo and to Toronto's credit, they made a match out of it. To Toronto's detriment, it took London getting that robot pretty much to the checkpoint the butt scratch before you started to see uh someone like ultraviolet and hydron wake up yeah yeah maybe it's the structure of the map uh there's also the 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 thing um we need to mention that ultraviolet and og played the lucio anna while london most of the time they had the the baptiste I kind of like more maybe uh, in terms of durability when you have, you know, more of a brawly comp like that. Maybe it's part of it. I don't know. It's just like, it's just maybe after the fact, just seeing them uh, win out some of those fights. Uh, well, I, I actually wonder if Toronto had expected the, that London would come out with a Sombra. That's a good point. Maybe, because maybe. Like if you consider the Anakin, it probably if Kalush is where your weak point is and him dropping quick, Anna helps elevate, but yeah. then Anna is now somber beat. Yeah. So you would have a brig, you Lucio, like you'd have another support. And there's like can, also, yeah, there's also like a, a chain reaction that doesn't allow you to play Hanzo, which I think would have maybe worked better. Uh, like it did as opposed to the, uh, the soldier. Yeah, perhaps. Like, I found, like, I, I watched a bunch of uh, matches, like, not even the Toronto and, and Vancouver matches, and it seemed like whenever a team was in the flank, just, just go Hanzo. He, his log will hit someone in the head, even if it was, even if it's accidentally, it kind of yeah. changes the tone a little bit, if, if, you know, for lack of a better word. But, and they couldn't, they didn't do it. Um, I don't know. It looked good at some points, for sure. But they always want to fight, and then London take it back, and they always want that fight, and London take it back, and London obviously has you know more of a cap. And then as time goes down, this is where Toronto, I feel like, getting really, really nervous. 
and they start, you know, things start getting creeping in the back of their minds, like, oh my goodness, if we lose to London, and the moment this happens to you on a competition, well, that's plain to lose. You're cooked. Yeah, yeah. It, it Toronto, as I said, they woke up. They did make it interesting. Um, where, but it felt like London was more than happy to play that first butt scratch, knowing that they had acquired just beyond that, and then every time they would get it there. If Toronto won a team fight while London was re-engaging at the halfway and London seemed willing to continue to take that. And they were, they were winning those fights. Um, I mean, backbone playing the may um, just frustrated the, the living daylight sort of, of Kaluj. It, the walls yeah. continued to prevent hydrant from getting really good value. Um, and it, Toronto just didn't seem to have, a response. And even when they did, you would, you would get to uh, land and drop in his lamp. Yeah. Also, it seems like to me that some teams understand better, like the weird dynamics of what this, these uh, maps are. We see, I don't know if you, you saw on Reddit, but some even teams and contenders don't even bother pushing the payload, even when the, the, the barricade, when they can, and they just depend on that, uh, you know, initial push. And that's what like maybe Toronto didn't, want to try i don't know like well, just control the neutral ground and and it felt like that's what well, london was were doing yeah and i think i think you're i think you're right you're right i haven't seen the post on reddit but we have started to see that where the teams go and they get that initial push and then they're they really they're not only even re they're walking off the payload yeah the, the, the it, barricade the robot. yeah is to maybe move it just a bit so that there's some form of advantageous sort of point to fight around and, you know, I'm, I'm watching the last plays and, and Hadi just, you know, he pops off whenever they get the chance. They're like, you know, they're in good mood. You can see them later, like flexing and, and yeah. <laughs> Toronto is just like, yeah. Well, it was it, it was done at that point. Like it, you, you I think you raised that that earlier where Toronto had suddenly reached this point. Oh, my goodness, we can't lose. And if yeah. that's what you're thinking, you you generally manifest uh, it into reality. You're, you're more than halfway there. Yeah. So in losing to the London Spitfire, the Toronto Defiant actually made things. So could we say interesting because that opened the door ever so slightly for them to be in a position that they could be on the outside looking in. Yeah. I, I know. I mean, how realistic it is, but no, it wasn't, but, but there was, there was this need to happen, but you know, this possibility, um, couple matches later, Vancouver Titans take on uh, the Houston Outlaws. Uh, they, too, uh, lost 3-1. But considering the competition that Vancouver was up against, Houston, not London, it's safe to say that, okay, not unexpected, save for the fact that the Vancouver Titans made this very interesting. I mean, I there are some of us, oh, Houston was was just playing, you know, a uh, um, meme style the entire match. Hey, if they were good for them, but the last thing you ever want to do is give a team that you're better than confidence and ha- watch them take advantage of it. But I would like to look at what Vancouver was doing throughout and suggest that they're where we expected Toronto to be. And this is a good sure. matchup to actually outline the possibility 
Yeah, going up against like a team like Houston, fearless Violet Shoe, that that's a big yikes for any maybe not, you know, a team like uh Atlanta that also has so much uh competition, but looking them like put up a fight and, and win a map and, and Ilias maybe not was looking very good, but then, you know, at the well, end that- really does you know, really they, they lost. They 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 weren't up to snuff to really uh, beat them and and you you know you play this game out fifty times then they maybe lose forty five and and go three two in five of them but still it 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 is very true to what what you said like that's what where you want you know a team that maybe not like a, a super contender but maybe like a dark horse or or a good gatekeeper team to be at mm-hmm. and and. You can also see that they're while they understand that they're the underdog, they're they're there to put up a fight, and you're gonna have to play hard no matter who you are to actually beat them. Um, so, yeah, the you know thing to point out with the Vancouver Titans on on Ilios is that for this roster, control seems to be their weak spot. Yeah, I agree. Right. I mean, in, in the past, and again, we're, we're not really able to call it, compare apples to apples, but post-reckoning, if there was one map type that the old rosters were somewhat okay at, control was it. If yeah. the fight was in a central location and that central location wasn't moving, the Vancouver Titans seemed to do okay. Yeah, kind of like London now, but yeah. Yeah. And yet in this iteration, we often see the Titans – only get success when the team that they're playing comes out with a you know rollout that's maybe unexpected or the Vancouver Titans do the unexpected but like i you know just watching this you have aspire on tracer which again he's could tracer but i don't understand why you then continue to do that when you've got happy on ash just popping heads with wild abandon getting that dynamite off mm. like it, it it felt to me that if there was an opportunity to switch that might have been it like get aspire to go and challenge i don't know if aspire yeah. wins the fight but at least plant that seed and we do see that a little bit later on when when aspire starts to make these adjustments yeah and take on i mean we see it more in the the subsequent match but it just felt to me that houston was getting more value with the picks that they had had over, you know, the comparable roster spot on the Titans. Yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, they're, they're, they're not like a team that thrives, you know, in chaotic environments, like King of the Hill maps, for some reason, they, they have this like slow methodical uh, approach to the game and they're not as like momentum based, but that's also the, the, the drawback of that. You're not maybe as quick to adjust. Uh, well, I don't know. It, and it was it wasn't like so much a quick to adjust it was there was there was no adjustment. We saw the yes. sugar free sombra and the aspire tracer. I don't believe anything different on on Elios whatsoever. Yeah, and they do have the ability to play many other heroes that sometimes even switch around between one another and then to, when when you know sometimes sugar free will play the tracer and and they can even switch around with the heroes they're playing to maybe try something different but they did not, you know, do that. But, uh, you know, getting into King's Row is where we start to see the Vancouver Titans make things interesting. Um, And again, I feel that making it interesting 
is more of a moral victory. But can you explain to me why we would see sugar-free on the Hanzo and not a Spire and a Spire stick to the Tracer? Uh, like, again, know, maybe, maybe, maybe they're drawing straws before the game. Like, who, who? <laughs> like, I guess, yeah, I guess. But like, I, I feel that uh, we see, we've seen sugar-free do better on the Tracer than Aspire in, in recent history. And sure. You know, Aspire, with Hanzo, Aspire with Sojourn, Aspire with Widow, yes, with Ash. I feel that that's there is where his his strength lay. He also, I don't know, does he play the Hanzo more now or not? Well, if you listen to Kinda. the post match interview against uh, NYXL, he actually talks about yeah, how, he doesn't really like the soldier so Sojourn as much. Yeah, I mean. Maybe it's because it's against Houston. They're like trying out things, which is a weird thing to say, but uh, maybe they're trying to like to to surprise them in some way. Well, this is like if you're going to try it's... something out, you don't. <laughs> I don't think you do it against NYXL, right? So you could like, be right. This could be the hey, we know we're the underdogs here. Let's let's yeah, maybe use so this to to prepare ourselves for i, I don't really have an explanation but like it's just that they have a big overlap which is kind of like a big blessing and a curse for sugar mm-hmm. free and aspire they can play a lot of things and i don't know also like tracer is in a weird spot she's not really a hit sketch she's not, obviously not a projectile it's just well weird it's like that pure ability to deal at the damage and get yeah maybe maybe it's also a reaction to what what is played on the other side, like who's on, on like if it's Pelican playing the Tracer. Uh, they chose not to go um, Sombra Tracer for most of this match, but maybe had they wanted to, they, you know, Sugar Free is usually the one who plays the that uh, Sombra and not and not Aspire. When they do do the Tracer Sombra, it's usually Aspire. Uh, Aspire was on the Tracer, and maybe that was the reasoning behind it. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Vancouver Titans, they get themselves a, a solid uh, attack. They do get the, uh, the third uh, payload right. through. Problem with, is... With no time. No time. And uh, which means that their only win condition here is to not allow Houston to complete. Which, unfortunately, to a their... tough. Yeah, I mean, Houston came out... Um, and did what London did to Toronto to Vancouver. Yeah. Right. Like they, they had like about five and a half, five twenty maybe. Um with that, you know, super fast dive. And the Vancouver Titans weren't prepared. We saw them make that adjustment now where the Aspire Tracer Sugar Free Sombra is at play. Mm-hmm. Which I, I feel, yeah, you're right. If you're gonna play Sombra, I think this is the you know who gets to play it, but I just I kind of feel that you you're you're reducing Aspire's ability to to have as great of an impact with him on Tracer. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, maybe. Like we we saw bo- both of them have great performances on the hero, so um, perhaps it really is. It came down to the to the Sombra thing. Um, and I, I would like to point out, um, Sugar Free was outside questing with his, uh, his um, what's a who's it? Translocator. 
He had oh, it yeah. in like he had he had it essentially in like back spawn, which was giving Houston fits. Um, you could tell that they were paranoid. Oh, fits as is to, in on, uh, fits okay, is sorry, on New York. Sorry. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, but you could tell that that Houston had the sort of paranoia. Oh, sorry, I had um, to. But they. They handled it well. They traveled mm-hmm. in a group. They ensured that anytime Fearless went in for a, a dive, that he was either supported by Shu from distance or Fearless just came back to, to the payload to, to hang out with Violet. Like, you know, credit to Punk, who did his best to try to, you know, counter that on D.Va. But the D.Va uh, Winston matchup, I feel, isn't going to go D.Va's way. Yeah, it's... um not even map dependent, like both are can chase one another. It's a little hard, especially when you have also Ana involved, and the Nano Winston is also like a big gap for for Diva. I feel like, yeah. Now, going all along, I continue to say, like, why not give Aspire the opportunity with sightlines to have fun? And we finally get to see him have some fun yeah. on Rialto. <laughs> he likes the widow on that map for sure. Like again, does this change the dynamic on on King's Row if he uses the sight lines? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe the end result doesn't change. To be honest, maybe they do put up more of a fight, but I don't feel like they had a lot of a big big of a shot to to beat Houston. No, but I, I feel that you have the Vancouver Titans at this point are now they're making Houston adapt. Like what yeah. we see from, from Houston on, on Rialto is this, you know, adaptation where, okay, you have, I think at one point, um, Pelican trying to hunt Aspire, um, and on the echo, right. Like, again, I get you, you're trying to dive, but completely in the wrong place. Um, and not dealing anywhere near the amount of damage that he can. Yeah. Like it, 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 this is where I think the Vancouver Titans can see success as they get into the knockouts. Yeah, yeah, they could, they could. They're not, you know, they're not going to face like teams like Houston uh, that early on, and they can get some some sort of momentum going in. Perhaps it's a good thing. Uh, maybe, maybe Houston were trying things too, like in this map. Maybe they because the echo, for example, is not a thing that I saw. Achieve much success this this season. I don't know why, but we've we've seen a lot of echo on Ilios of all maps. Yeah, and it never works. Like at no. least when I was I was watching well, Lighthouse. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't like anyhow. It. So I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. I mean, Vancouver Titans they they do get the the map on on Rialto. So this takes us into our uh, our our push map here. Um. Oh, what was it? It was Coliseo, was it? No. Uh, Esperanza. Esperanza, sorry. And uh, the Vancouver Titans do what they do on push. They get themselves a solid lead. But where the competitive edge is you get the lead and then you fight in neutral ground, the Vancouver Titans weren't successful at holding back the Houston push. Houston eventually gets a late lead and yeah, Vancouver decides so to deflating, you know, well they get the, it is deflating, but credit to Vancouver, Vancouver started to roll in overtime. Yeah. It reminds me of that map that they had, um, against mayhem, where it seemed like 
like yeah oh here we go that we this is winnable um it did not really work out that well for them on esperanza eventually yeah but we never saw a replay at the end how did faith lose contact with the payload or with the robot Sure. Because, like, you, if you were watching the match live, it ended and it was surprise. The cast was surprised. The casters no were surprised. <laughs> uh, the faces of the Vancouver Titans were like, what just happened? Yeah, Houston was, was like, devastated. what, what? And, you know, we, we never, again, saw a replay showing what, what happened to Faith. But, like, at that point in the match, I don't understand how Faith, like, Faith, you can tell where he, he was. He was trying to play within range of the robot. He was in a tough spot because he was <laughs> target number one. I, I feel that the Vancouver Titans could have done maybe a better job providing him support. Yeah. But there wasn't anyone to boop him off, maybe save for a fearless land. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like what They do cut to that uh, angle at the end. They don't show what's going on. It, it does show feet. Faith is on the map, but like you have Fearless who's uh, nanoed or ulting. Maybe it's his ult that, that caused it, and you have Pelican who, who put a, uh, well, a sticky uh, bomb on him. Fearless and couldn't look- have had his ult. He's because at at map end he's like fifty some odd percent. Mm, so and that know. like you're right. When well, he, he nanoed him. Yeah, he nanoed uh, Fearless. So even if he did not walk from that point, I don't think there was much he could do. Could have done it. He also was stuck by the. Pulse bomb. So. Well, correct, but I feel like you know it. Like you can tell he he's stuck at the end. But I think the biggest. Does, uh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, does Punk make it back? Like I feel the Vancouver Titans are still in a position to contest. Yeah, that's what I wanted to point out. I think the biggest mistake here was Punk's that after he was slept by the Anna, he shouldn't have chased her. He should have just gone back to the point. Oh, well, I don't because, know if he makes back in time though, because when well, he comes he does, up is when the the uh essentially the animation slows down yeah but he has he has time to jump forward like uh, back against the anna again maybe yeah and again we're it, it's a, we're we're what we're talking about here isn't you know critical in nature like the um aspire was the only one down i mean sugar free was pretty much dead next yeah. you're right he Fit you know punk dying. does Ooh. die of the anna but i don't think he makes it to the payload before before it's over. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it was a tough way for the Vancouver Titans to lose. Um, with well, the Charlie a Charlie Niner. That's a good thing too. You know, that they, <laughs> they were close. Yeah. So Vancouver Titans, they dropped themselves three, uh, one, just like the Toronto defiant did. Uh, but that sets up the, uh, last, uh, two matches for each of, or last match for each of the, uh, the two teams, uh, the Toronto defiant were up first on Sunday they got to take on the Vegas eternal and they did what needed to be done. They won three Oh. Yeah. But <laughs> there was a well, line. I'll just mention, uh, the dogman said during the Blizz world match, uh, he said, and I quote him on on the call as he was calling the the, the, the match. It feels like the stonks of both teams are just dropping. <laughs> That's what he said, and I can't help but but agree with him. Where the so when he's talking about both teams, is in the Defiant and the Eternal. Yes. Did the Eternal have stonks? Okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe like. 
they're they are getting a little bit better from the days they lost to Samito in uh in like uh, open tournaments. Maybe. I mean, they looked they didn't look as half as bad against Toronto. I don't know what that says about. Well, I, does it say more about Toronto or or, or Vegas? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I I feel that like Vegas, we're seeing improvement from Vegas. I, I think that's fair a fair assessment. Um, but when you know they improve, they're pushing themselves towards where London happens to live. And yet, for them, it's like a big leap, right? Yeah, there's there's a point there. Uh, we can yeah, we can we can. Uh, talk about you know the match for sure like defiant vegas they they played the um, nijang tower sort of to start this and it didn't look like very competitive start they they won a uh, a little bit of fights for sure but in the mirror um Coluge, he he plays well on the rhine i think he's he's maybe not not a, on hardy level but it, it looks like they know what they're doing in rush uh, but then Blizzworld was where where uh, Toronto started looking maybe not as sharp with yeah. you know that bat cap as well on on the C nine. Well, I, I something I noticed early on, um, you know, on Garden is Dove is standing there with the Sojourn. He's just out in the open firing his primary trying to get rid of the uh of hydron's uh sim turrets and that and toronto could easily react and delete and elect not to it doesn't cost them but if you're going to allow a player you know to just have free reign without any form of engagement all dove needs to actually do is instead of taking out the turrets is use his primary turn around right click ahead oh look we got a pick he doesn't do that for some reason toronto can't afford against better teams to 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 allow that to happen yeah and that's just the thing if we look at how they played in the shambali monastery map they lose this map to any other team uh outside of, of vegas there's there's just no way that they you know, they, they started on attack. They they capped well two two and a half minutes. It's it's not bad. It's really they they lost maybe two fights, but they look good. But then on defense, my my comment when I was watching this: why is it why is this so competitive? Why is Vegas winning more than one fight in a row multiple times? And then at the end they at the end they they won four fights to to cap the entire map. This is uh-huh. a very very hard map to complete, and Toronto just collapses there and gives them it all. I I know they ran out of time, right? But it's still it's a zero and seven team, and one of the worst like map records ever. And yet this is the team that you cannot you cannot stop on defense. You cannot rocket attack and and Lucamino just just diffing OG and on ultraviolet like point that i raised before they're just looking better on this you know on this push well uh, you know rack is op I mean, he, <laughs> he plays all heroes yeah they, they, they might throw him in on on tank just to mix things up now to, to, to see what he can do the one who played dps oh it's luke amino oh, okay yeah but the rack attack is, is op as well yeah. he, he seemed to be on that ana and, and that defense and then 
OT, both on defense and attack. Um, they just lucked out because, like, Hydron. Hydron popped off both on when they stopped them after they got the fourth point. Well, the first point, but on the second time, on the second run. He had that uh, great overclock, and they stopped them. And then, in the OT, again, they had to rely on, on the pop-off play. And the, the fact that they even, you know, get to, to such uh, positions, you know, that, that really frustrates me. Because because it's not like a London versus NYXL scenario, no. But maybe it is right now. But like for for a team like that, Team USA basically to struggle so much. Uh, and I know it's a three zero, but it's not just the result. It's not just the you know we 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 know that like season five is it season five now? We know that it's not just about the final. We always say like there are close three zeros. There are sometimes stomps that end in a three-one. It's it's weird. Yeah. Anything more to say about this Toronto uh, Vegas matchup? Maybe just that I don't know if if even the coaching understands what to do with the Sam speedily hydron situation. Yeah. Um, it's it's funky, and it's a nice nice word to use. Well, I I agree, but I don't I don't necessarily believe that that's the most pressing question that needs to be answered. The most pressing question is how do Ultraviolet and OG yeah better provide support? But you and asked me for something new. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. But, I, but I, right, I, right. I want to say I'm not blaming those two. It could very well no, be that they're not being provided an opportunity to do what they need to do to get yeah. the job done. But I think it's clear that the win condition most teams have figured out, yeah. delete Kaluge. I mean, I'm sure that nobody knows this better than the Toronto Defiant themselves, that they have issues that they, you know, not they, they're not competing at the level that they, they're supposed to. Yeah. So Defiant, they get their 3-0. And as you said, uh, a very depressing 3-0, which... Isn't a good thing to yeah. If there's such a thing, yeah, to be uh, you know, big on. Uh, but the Vancouver Titans then uh, get to take on the New York Excelsior. And uh, if you listen to our last uh, episode last week, uh, I think all three of us had said three one. Yeah, I yeah. think, and and it was it was this matchup where we were we weren't entirely sure what to make of it. New York had actually been looking better. The Vancouver Titans. I mean, if you follow the Titans in the modern era. These are the 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 trip up games. I mean, yeah, but go, going into this, Vancouver and New York both are at three and four. Maybe New York had an easier schedule, sure, but on the re- record is the same. Yeah, and uh, you know, getting things underway uh, on this uh, matchup is guess what the uh, mm-hmm. game mode that the Vancouver Titans seem to struggle the most with. <laughs> yeah, it did not. Uh, I don't know. I uh, wasn't wasn't pretty. Well, you know, again, we 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 see them make these adjustments. So they instead of you know running something we're not expecting, you get the Aspire on the Hanzo, you get the Sugar Free Tracer. Um, that's where we have talked about there being success. Uh, problem is that the Fit Sombra seemed to have you know better value um, with with the harassing Punk. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and there wasn't an answer because I think what the, def- uh, the, t- the Titans were expecting if Sombra was in play is that she would be harassing the back line. And that didn't really come to fruition. It was just anytime punk went to challenge there, you have punk getting hacked. And if he doesn't yeah. peace out instantly, well, he gets deleted on the point because they just can't pump in anywhere near enough support with the damage buff from the hack and his lack of mobility. Yeah, they they seem to be like off on on most fronts. Like sometimes they, they it would look like it's getting better, but then like you said, they they would find like a better better play. They clutched out a lot of fights. Uh, you know, they played really well, maybe compositionally as well. Um, the first map, I think the, the I don't really like the Winston versus Ramatra. Um, well, it, they 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 go Ramatra Ramatra after right after and even and then, still. I mean it looked better, but New York takes that map. Yeah, this takes us into Hollywood, and oh thank goodness it's not Control the Vancouver Titans. This is the <laughs> type of map that they do really well on, um, and well, hmm. you have. Uh, the Vancouver Titans bullied off the point pretty early on. And in getting bullied off the point, finding themselves not only conceding the high ground, but getting introduced intimately to the logs that shockwave was throwing their way. Like baby force was watching this match with me. (laughs) And in her words, the blue arrow man is being very mean to the Titans. Yeah, he had kind of a good uh, match. Like sometimes with Hanzo, you you get lucky, and uh, but if you get streaky on Hanzo, it's just it's crazy. He even wrote something in chat to the likes of like, oh, I got the bouncy arrows. arrows. <laughs> yeah, well, like there was at one point where I think he's on the high ground and he just turns around. I don't know if it's a sugar free or a spire, but it's like he's he's putting arrows into Punk, aspire, and then he just oh, yeah, like down on the ground, with- thunk like. I mean, it, yeah. and this is this Hanzo where it's not like you can just point and click. You kind of have to, you know, prep the arrow and and adjust the the path. But he had himself a game there. Yeah, it, it like it wasn't looking good. Like I want to say that the Excelsior completed the point with like three minutes. Which one? The first one? No, like the the entire. Oh no! The entire they had like uh, two, two and a half, but still two and a half. pretty, pretty good. But yeah, okay, uh, three minutes. I mean, thirty seconds difference. Base. I know in the grand scheme is big, but still, the Vancouver Titans they they really needed the the spawn point advantage to stabilize. Like they they could not solve the problem that was Shockwave. Yeah, and then- Shockwave getting that much value, you know, allowed Psycho to feast. Right, that's that's a good point as well. You get free reign, yeah, and, and even when they uh, go on on defense, like Psycho is still, you know, getting a pick on Aspire, and it's not looking good to start off. Uh, but luckily, you know, Aspire uh, plays the Hanzo as well. <laughs> I already spoke uh, spoke about this hero. I, I I play a lot of Hanzo. I enjoy him for for that <laughs> particular uh, ability. He has to just, you know, flip flip a fight on its head always and they they started looking better 
Yeah. But looking better, you have to point out, yes, they're looking better. <laughs> but on that attack that New York had, Vancouver found themselves in a, in a world of hurt. Right? Like it was... I mean, the Titans do get the the car all the way to the end, but New York was playing for let's get it to OT, knowing that they were probably going to not be able to do a full stop. And Vancouver was lucky that that did not occur. Yeah. But yet, what were we talking about? Well, if New York's got themselves, you know, over two minutes, the best that Vancouver can hope for is, you know, a strong defensive hold, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, it's, it's not so much, Oh, Hey, we're going to go on to attack and we'll do really well. It's, we're going to go on attack. We'll do what we can. And then we're just going to get the picks early and get the strong defensive hold. Yeah. Um, instead, I mean, Vancouver, uh, get an early pick. They get the, the capture, they hit the car, but then I, I don't understand why New York was playing uh, quick play. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Like the stagger was so significant that at one point the Vancouver Titans, I don't believe, saw a re-engage until they had actually got the car to the the high ground. Yeah, and you, even you, you're talking not about OT yet, right? The the their regular attack. Well, no, I mean this is I've sort of moved on to OT at this point. Yeah. Okay. It's that OT bar makes, you know, weird things in your in your brain. It makes you believe more than you should probably uh, in your abilities. And then that notion of, oh, well, we get just one pick and, and we win. Or we at least stop them is, is what caused them to do that. And, you know, Vancouver should give them props. They were very disciplined, like they know. Um, we always speak about teams that, like, like the chaos and like uh, thrive in those moments. Vancouver were able to be very the opposite of it, you know, very oppressive and not, you know, succumb to that very easily. I don't know even how to say, it, but the, what I'm trying to get to is the team like to go into that style, and and they did not allow themselves to do that, and they just like kept being on on the the payload. They had you know faith as their anchor and. Pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Yeah, the you know, I'm just watching OT again right now, just trying to see like what was it that Vancouver does to take this point. Shockwave was the person who got the first pick. Shockwave goes and takes out Aspire. So, you know, at this point, you would think that New York is likely going to win. Shockwave then just took out Faith. Like, yeah, this is all happening, and Shockwave gets a little aggressive. Sugar free drops him. Still, arguably the. The shift should be in the advantage of, of New York, but then Aspire drops creative or uh, Kellen sugar free drops creative. And suddenly that, that aggressive shockwave is where the difference is made. Kellen tries to retreat, can't, and it was just one after the other, but the late picks caused that stagger. Mm-hmm. And so the Vancouver Titans then just hang out on the car and platoon their way to the end. Yeah. Lots of grit. But, you know, if you're New York, like, are you, is your mental broken when they capture the car? No. You're like, ah, oh, we just have to stop uh, yeah. it. You shouldn't. 
right? Like it's a matter of, yeah, we just have to, you know, let's play nice defensive stand. We'll stop it here. But like, you know, punk decides that, uh, you know, he's going to go and become a very angry monkey. Um, he's essentially, you know, getting up close and personal with, uh, with Brig and Anna, you have, uh, shockwave. Now you can sort of see, okay, he's a little concerned, like what's going on here. I'm no longer playing with the bouncy arrows, a mid game patch, but aspire on the sojourn. Like when he switched off Hanzo went to sojourn starts getting so much value. Yeah, he has that thing. Um, I remember he was like second only after proper when when that hero was introduced last season. One of the only like bright spots for for Vancouver, um, and he kind of like a hydron, right? But mm-hmm. he just does it, and and you know once that happens, that's when Sugar Free can also feast, and and with Crimson Faith backing him up, he's just you know you you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, you saw Sugar Free get off the the Sombra. He's getting into his sort of comfort zone with the with the Tracer. Yep. Um, the Vancouver Titans not only go from potentially being down two zero. If they're down two zero, that's that's game set match. I don't I don't feel the Vancouver Titans would have had been in the mental space to bring that back and reverse sweep. But by then, not only getting the full escort in OT, but giving themselves a hell of a defense on that first point, eating up the majority of the clock which then just made it that much more difficult for New York to, to do the the same thing that Vancouver did. It's like not just a, a momentum shift, a momentum chasm appeared. Yeah. They, they have this uh, thing. Like they, they're the classic uh, gatekeeping team. It seems like going into, you know, after what, how many weeks it's already been like three, four, where if you're below them, they'll let you know that like, the gap is we are we are the the gate that you mm-hmm. will not cross, and you shall not cross exactly. Uh, I mean, uh, Shambali, you got Vancouver uh, playing an aggressive, you know, defense, which again on, on these escort maps we're seeing more and more of. Um, but Aspire stays on the the sojourn and continues like, to, like, yeah. Like, oh, like hey, let me game. shoot your shield. Right click. Let me shoot your shield some more. Right click. Yeah, even even with the nerfs that that Sojourn got, like, still still gets a lot of value. Um, and I see a lot of people doing like weird things with their overclock now. Instead of waiting for the hundred charge, they're like pew pew pew. Not even like waiting for the you know the full power shot. Mm-hmm. Maybe it works better. I don't know. There's like weird evolution with how this hero is played. And the spire is, you know, right at the for- forefront of that hero, which is which is nice to have on, you know, a team that you, you follow and then cheer for. I'm I'm glad for him also that he get, he has like a much better team around him. He's like the the sole guy from you know last season. Yeah. So. But you know, Titans did what they need to do in Shambali. They they have an encrusted defense. Uh, all they need to find themselves an opportunity to do is just get it at spawn. Essentially, they yeah. do that they should right and well hey guys let's just keep pushing this truck up the hill here and uh get a job done um you know up to one 
Titans, New York, get to go and uh, hang out in Toronto for a little bit. And, uh, you know, this is another map type I feel that Vancouver struggles with. If they get themselves a lead, it's worrisome. Like that early big lead, it's like they don't have the means to hold. But, as you say, embrace the chaos. When they give up a lead, then they tend to do much better. Yeah. Can you explain to me, though, why you would go with a uh, uh, punk fist? Uh, I don't know. Tight tight uh, streets. Plenty of walls to punch people into. Well, he comes out on Punker Queen, <laughs> right? Sees Ramatra. Oh, I'm not going to play into that. And then decides <laughs> with, you know, punk fist. Like, I, I, I'm not suggesting... It didn't work because it sure did. But I, I, I'd like to think Punk plays a pretty decent Ramatra. Maybe he does, but maybe they did want to like get into and we should you know, or like play from behind, like you said. Yeah, and I mean, Faith was feeling that he needed to play a little Anna, so Crimzo went on Zen, which sure. I know Crimzo the better Zen, but like we 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 saw this like I don't want to say meme, but the Vancouver Titans. You could tell they were feeling it with what they were playing with. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, Titans win. They're up 3-1. So what does this mean when it comes into uh, the end of a uh, season or end of season, end of midseason standings? The Titans finished seventh with a 4-4 four and four record. 500. That's honestly probably above what many had thought they would be. Toronto Defiant. They will finish up three and five, tied in a three-way uh, sort of tie with the New York Excelsior and the San Francisco Shock, uh, but to the advantage of uh, record and maps, uh, finish above New York and uh, and then Shock finish at the bottom of the table. Now, the midseason madness West bracket rewards the first two teams, Atlanta and Houston, with a free trip to Korea. They're <laughs> off already. In fact, I believe Houston is in. Or no, Atlanta, I think, as I saw a picture, is in, in Korea now. The next uh, eight teams, they have to actually qualify. And so Florida, Boston, Washington, L.A., teams three through six accordingly, they are in the winner's bracket, which means they are in a double elim. They have to lose twice to find themselves out. The teams seven through ten, that's the Titans to find Excelsior Shock, they're in the loser's bracket. Uh, think of them as already playing with a loss. They're in a single elimination, which means they have a gauntlet that they have to run if they hope to book that trip to uh, to Korea. So the Vancouver Titans, having the best of the bottom record, takes on the San Francisco Shock, while the Defiant get to take on Excelsior. I'd like to say the Titans handle the Shock easily. But we have seen the Shock beat the Titans in the Pro-Am. A long time ago, but it did happen. I'd like to say the Defiant beat the Excelsior easily. But New York is an improved team, and Toronto has been playing down as of late. Do you think Vancouver and Toronto have it in them to to win their, their two matches? I think both. I have both winning, uh, although I'm way less confident about Toronto. 
I do feel like Vancouver should be able to to win this one. Um, I, I I don't see them losing this. I know it's San Francisco shock and it's proper and all that, but the way they were playing and the way Vancouver is playing, like outside, if if I if I remove all my <clears throat> preconceptions, which is really hard to do, impossible. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't see Vancouver losing this. I have this 3-1 for Vancouver. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I have a 3-2 for Vancouver. Okay. And I have a 3-2 for Toronto. I have a 3-2 for Toronto as well. And I the 3-2 is me going with the nudge to the home teams, or what I would perceive as the home teams. I'm just not comfortable with either. I, I don't know. You think... New York, after playing Toronto basically to the last second close and almost beating them and, and seeing how Toronto performed and seeing how they performed and getting better, you think they come in... Well, they, they must come into this confident as hell, right? I think so. This is their shot, right? I, I think for them, they look at this matchup as, hey, guys, you know, we, we stand a chance. Um, Ugh, I'm looking at this bracket and I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to, to say what I think about this and why uh, they feel confident. It's if they look across the board and maybe outside of San Francisco shock, Defiant is probably the weakest opponent, opponent they could have drawn. And it's it pains me to say it, but it is what it is. Yeah. The... Uh Upper bracket, as we said, is uh, double limb. Who do you have the Titans taking on? Uh, I it's it's a the funny loser one. of the winners. Yeah, I, I have them playing against the Gladiators. Okay, that's that's who I have them playing as well. Yeah. Um, who do you have the Defiant plan? Defiant will play the Justice. Really? Yes. I have a I have a weird feeling, tingling feeling about <laughs> Boston. <laughs> For some reason. Well, okay. And in fairness, Boston does have the better record, but I would say Washington seems to have found that gear that, you know, okay. Who is Boston lost to? Vancouver. Yeah. And? And who? Washington? No, I don't remember. Atlanta. Well, that's. Right. So you have. Both sides of the spectrum on paper, right? I'm not suggesting Vancouver is a, a, a pushover, but what would the odds? Like, I think 7% of Overwatch League fans had Vancouver beating Boston. Sure. And no one ever had a 3 0. No. So I just, I feel like Boston is in this weird space where he's Washington. They're, they're really on, they're warming up. They're, they're, they're no longer hot cold. So I, this is, this is the, for me, this was the, uh, the upset. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. No, it, that's fair. Um, do you have Vancouver or Toronto making it to a limb round three on Sunday? Uh, unfortunately, I do not. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, it, I, it, it sucks. I, I, I understand that they want to reward success, but I feel that it goes and puts the, the team at a, at a disadvantage. Yeah. Um, if if they they start with the quote unquote loss in the losers bracket, like the way this will work out is that the the winner, whoever wins their first two uh, on the winners bracket, they book their ticket to Korea. Their weekend is done. 
In turn, elimination round three is simply the winners of elimination round two. And the loser of the quote unquote advanced match goes into the, you know, consolation advanced final. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. So, you know, a team, let's say that, you know, wins, wins one of the first one in the winner's round loses in advance. They yes, have to lose twice to be eliminated. But if any of, you know, Vancouver, Toronto, New York, or San Fran wants to book a ticket, they have to win four matches back to back to back to back. Yeah, it's 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 very upsetting and I don't see how it happens, especially when there's like both, you know, either gladiators or, or mayhem eventually, you know, drop down. I do have the Titans losing to the Gladiators three two. Which, you know, after that on my bracket I have Gladiators beating the rest. You know, for me it's Justice and Uprising with a better <laughs> with a better score. I, I kinda feel like Titans are gonna go down, you know, fighting. But as it stands, I don't I you know, it's it's I don't see how they beat Glads. Who uh well actually, you know, hold the thought I was gonna ask you who you had going. Um we're going to take us a short break before we dive into the fray. Mm. So let's quickly recap uh, what happened in the uh, week end or week that was uh, last week. At least we'll start things off in the West. Uh, the LA Gladiators beat the London Spitfire 3-1. The Atlanta Rain beat the Vegas Eternal 3-0. The New York Excelsior beat the Washington Justice 3-0. So, okay, maybe I should rewind the Justice are heating up moment for a, a spell. Uh, Houston Outlaws <laughs> 3-2 winners over the Florida Mayhem. London Spitfire, as we already know, beat the Toronto Defiant 3-1. The Atlanta Rain beat the Boston Uprising 3-1. The Florida Man beat the San Francisco Shock 3-0. Houston beats Vancouver 3-1. And on Sunday, you have the Defiant beating the Eternal 3-0. Justice beating the Glads 3-0. The Uprising beating the Shock 3-1. And the Titans beating the Excelsior 3-1. So, who do you have going to Korea? Who do you have in these, uh, these matches booking their tickets? Yeah, in the advanced match... For me, it's uh, Florida versus Boston, and I have uh, Florida beating Boston 3-2. Okay. And I, I had a Florida-Washington. Uh, I got it Florida 3-1. And then in the bracket below, who do you have coming out? Obviously, Titans and Defiant Fall. So Yeah, I got Glads and, and, and Boston. I have Glads versus Justice. Glads winning 3-0. Okay, I got it uh, Uprising 3-0. Mm-hmm, same. And, and then <laughs> I have, uh, at the end, I have it to... Uh, Boston Justice, and uh, I've Hold got on. it. Uh, so where's the where's the Gladiators? So the Gladiators they get they f- lose their first match. They I have them playing the Titans. They lose to the Titans, or sorry, they win. They beat the Titans. They lose to the Uprising in Elim round three. Oh, you think they lose to the Uprising? Okay, yeah. Okay, no, I have them beat. Um, for me, uh, they beat uh, Uprising at the end, three one. Okay, so you have a combination of Justice Glads in the second advance? Uh, second advance? What, the last one on Sunday? Yeah. No, it's Glads versus Uprising. I have Uprising. Uh, 
Um, oh yeah, you have up. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So you have Glad's upright. Who do you have going through there? Glad's. Okay, I have I have Justice. Mm, okay. So so the two teams I have going through are Florida and Washington. But again, it, the way the bracket's structured is, I feel it, it is awkward um, to yeah. make a, a prediction so far ahead. But I have Florida and Gladiators. I don't think Washington is that good, to be honest. I think I think Titans can beat them as well. Uh, but unlucky for them, they're not going to face them. Yeah. Anywho, um, in the East, so the, the East is a. Uh, whole different story because again they've been in in brackets uh trying to make you know uh like read the overwatch league website as to who's playing when and how teams are doing is is quite a bit difficult uh but starting in uh the east a so over the course of this weekend you had the uh dreamers three overwatch the the dynasty and you had the uh, you had poker face gaming uh, 3-1 over Rhodes. Uh, up in the top bracket, you had the Spark 3-2 over the Charge. Uh, in the bottom elim, you then had the uh, Dreamers beat Poker Face. And so how that plays out means that the uh, Dreamers have to take on the, uh, the Charge and ultimately play into... Um, the Hangzhou Spark, whoever wins that matchup on on uh, East A. In East B, you had Panthera uh, beat Sinpreza, three overwatch. You had O2 Blast beat the Shanghai Dragons, three overwatch. Uh, the Soul Infernal beat the Dallas Fuel, 3-1. And then you had uh, O2 Blast beat uh, Panthera, 3-1. So what does this mean? Well, in the B bracket, you have the Fuel and O2 Blast, and the winner of that takes on the Infernal to book spot number two. So again, the way the brackets are is so funky, because in the West, you have two that are check, you know, already there, two that have to figure out how to play their way in, and in the East, the two spots are based on who comes out of these and all of that will happen over the course of this weekend. My East Brackets already bust. Um, mine weren't even submitted. So. Uh, but, uh, you know, as far as uh, points are concerned uh, in uh, Pickums, uh, what was your uh, West Week 5? Uh, 23 points. I got 26. Yeah, I wasn't too hot. Like defiant disappointed me. <laughs> Obviously, I, I didn't call NYXL beating the justice. No, so I, that's a zero. Defiant gave me a zero against the Spitfire and oh, uh, and Justice Glads, of course. Yeah, that got me a zero too. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, that's reasonable. I mean, yeah, I mean, those are the three matches where I got zero, and then and the rest are green. You know, three. yeah, the rest are green. Um, lots of threes. So. Well, good for you. You know what? You know what? Good for you. Enjoy it. Hey, you, you got to enjoy that. You got to enjoy that first week. And I was, I was in my prime. Yeah. Um, global leaderboard. I'm 370, Ooh. which I mean, I don't know that. how that all, you know, plays out, but, uh, in RSP, oh. I'm not in first. Oh, you already lost Kevin Liu. That guy's good. He's consistent. He, yeah. he beat me last year as well. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't have crystal ball points. 
Oh, they were already given out? I don't think so, but I don't have them. You had to hit both, right? I think so. And yeah, thanks, and Dal. shock. Yeah. yeah. Shock is basically poop. <laughs> Anyhow, um, we'll obviously be back next week to tell you who's going to be playing in the Korea for the midseason madness. Uh, but uh, what else has been going on in the uh, grand uh, Overwatch scene? Well, uh, Overwatch 2 is continuing to hum along. Uh, we have our, our Pride event uh, kicking off. Uh, well, when this episode goes live, it should be live. Um, the, uh, introduction of, uh, pride related skins, um, is a pretty cool addition. You've got the New York map being pride theme, which I think is pretty cool. Did they show any skins yet or, uh, I, we saw a tracer one and I can't, I want to oh. say cavalry might've shared some, some details, but it's included. I'm sure there's going to be other skins that aren't, but, uh, Hey, Got to pay for uh, the development somehow in a live service game. I do want to sort of touch on the fact that they have built the game that in certain regions you have to opt in to the pride event. But Mm. even if you have opted in and let's say you are using the skins and using the, the experience, those who have opted out won't see your skin. You'll have default. Wow. And while let's say in New York, you'll see the crosswalk with the, the pride, you know, rainbow colors, the, the representation of, uh, pride, uh, someone you would be playing against would not. Interesting. And that is again in regions where support for the LGBTQ2 plus, um, community is not present and are quite frankly put at harm in harm's way. I, I, I wish that, you know, Blizzard does not, one, kowtow to that type of thought. Yet I also recognize geopolitical situations are not simply dealt with. And I mean, simply is in this context of simple. Yeah, it's a it's a weird spot to be in uh, when you're a corporation, and that's what I feel like people need to understand. Um, to the good side and the bad, they are not your friends, and they want your money to survive. And unfortunately, we we see that time and time again. Not just like with Blizzard; it's not just like a Blizzard Activision thing. Um, yeah, some regions. Uh, I, I I don't see a solution to it. I'm sure people smarter than myself are are struggling with it. It is what it is. It's unfortunate. I'm just glad that, like, on our side of things, we can definitely partake and enjoy the festivities, and I'm all for it. Oh, yeah. And I, I love, the, I mean, the, the map, the uh, fact that we're going to see it very apparent. So it's not a selective where a player chooses to represent via They're skin. gonna have it in Overwatch League, I wonder. Hmm. Uh, honestly, I I don't think we will for two reasons. One, global audience and them worried that they yeah. may upset a portion of them. But two, they aren't running on current patch. All right. <laughs> so it's a very dry and, and uh astute reply. So so if, if people are upset, I can't believe this. Well, let's be honest. You're probably right. But regardless, old patch. 
So here we are at the show. Pretty long one. But again, this is what happens when uh, both the teams we support play themselves four matches over the course of a weekend. Uh, our hope is they play a ton over the course of this upcoming weekend. That very well could be the case. Four freaking matches. If like either Toronto or Vancouver run the gauntlet, that is four matches for that team. And there is no way that both can find themselves in position to compete for the spot to Korea. They would face each other first before facing the team up above. That would be cool. Yeah. Happens. I think it's, it's very slim that Toronto and Vancouver, I feel both come out of that and face each other. It would be cool, but it's just, I mean, they're in just a tough spot. Um, Final words of wisdom there, Ani? Stay a while and listen. Oh, you'll be doing that on early access this weekend? No, I don't have it on early access. Oh, oh. Wait. Did you see wait that uh, the first 100 people that uh, get to level one? I think it's 100 people that get to level 100 in hardcore I will have saw, themselves immortalized on a statue. I saw the um, I saw the headline. I can't imagine this leads to only good things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's the fact that it's hardcore. And if you don't understand what Diablo hardcore is, those who can succeed at it are lucky. Yes, they're good. But more importantly, they are lucky. It is, it is like the original roguelite. I just hope that people, you know, don't hack or their way in and stuff. Well, like that, and then, there's never and, been a hack in Diablo ever. <laughs> never ever. And that people, you know, stay safe, hydrate, and don't like stand up, sit yeah, down, things, stand up. Things sit have down. happened before. If you're if you're if you've been following the the StarCraft scene, for example, oh, uh, StarCraft early on, brutal <laughs> people, for that. People lost their lives, literally. Uh, live, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, the 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 true grind. I mean, I, grinding in StarCraft for one reason or another was a thing so early on. Um, but yeah, no Diablo to get yourself immortalized on the statue. Ugh. I'm good. I'm immortalized in the world of Vancouver Titans and and uh, Toronto Defined podcasts. So there you go. That's all you need. <laughs> um, we were talking about Hanzo earlier. Did you know that time flies like an arrow while fruit flies like a banana? No. So time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. Man, I feel so dumb. I'm, I'm not getting this. Fruit flies? Oh. <laughs> they like bananas. Okay. okay, that's true. Okay. I just looked that one up. I was trying to... I, I actually searched dad jokes. Hanzo. Really? And the one came up? No. But good housekeeping gave me this one. So the Google algorithm somehow figured out that Hanzo arrows dad joke. Go, go to Chad GPT, ask him to generate uh, a bunch <laughs> of dad jokes. It's actually not a bad idea. Okay, so our, it will do RSP GPT dad jokes. Moving forward? Okay, sounds good. Oh. Um, if you reach this point, like and subscribe, please. You might as well do yourself a favor. Tune in next week when we have another three-hour episode. Uh, Jordan will probably be back. He might choose us over his family again. Who knows? <laughs> um, but Omni and I will be here. Uh, if you haven't listened to our back catalog, uh, go to our website, which is broken, readysetpwn.com. It works. You can see our back catalog. It's just the layout and all that. Not so hot. 
Uh, and then uh, we are available in every podcast application out there. And if we're not and you find one, let me know and I'll fix that. We'll be there in uh, no time flat. But on behalf of Omni at Omnistray, myself, Chris, at Lightforce, and the Missing in Action, maybe he'll be back next week. Jordan Esther, Dr. JM, sign off this episode with Catchphrase. <laughs>